stories. Order now and you'll also receive a second CD, Teach the Children Well, 10 Stories to Teach Our Children and Remind Us All What It Means to Be a God-Honoring American. Just call my order line now at 817-995-4607 or order online at www.jerrystewartusa.com. The number again, 817-995-4607. Please call now. As the old continues to be swallowed up by the new, some would argue that the old ways and thoughts and sayings should be put away forever. So much of the old is still very true and necessary. Listen to what poor Richard's Almanac was saying well over 200 years ago. It says, well done is better than well said. People who are wrapped up in themselves make very small packages. How about this one? If a man could have just half his wishes met, he would double his troubles. This one? Laziness travels so slowly that poverty soon overtakes him. No, the truth is this. The further we travel from the old ideals, the bigger our nation's troubles grow. I'm Jerry Stewart, and that was One Moment in America. K-E-J-O. 1240. Joe Radio. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is K-E-J-O Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And Q-I-D. 1240. Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your Money Now. It's a mostly lower performance for stocks so far today. The S&P 500 is down 28 points. The tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite has skidded 212 points. That's 1.4%. The Dow Jones Industrial is up about 50 points right now. Delta Airlines this morning reported quarterly results that topped expectations as December revenue has recovered to nearly 80% of 2019 levels. The airline says while Omicron has significantly impacted staffing levels, 8,000 employees having tested positive over the past month, its operations have stabilized over the past week. Delta shares are up 3.5% today. Beyond Delta, corporate earnings season is getting underway. Major banks in the spotlight first of all. Citigroup, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Wells Fargo slated to report results for the final three months of 2021 tomorrow morning, followed by Bank of America and Goldman Sachs on Tuesday. U.S. oil futures are moderately lower today. That's your money now. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor. And we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have EPI? 
Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We sell them up, you knock them down. Hi, this is Oregon State football alum and owner of Angry Beaver Grill, Randy Holmes. Come try our updated menu with new items such as the prime rib Philly cheesesteak, and don't miss our prime rib and salmon dinners on Friday. Every Wednesday, starting at 5 o'clock, try our $7 all-you-can-eat spaghetti dinner with garlic bread and salad. Angry Beaver also offers catering for groups large and small. Give me a call to schedule your holiday gathering, wedding, reunion, or any special occasion. Support local at Angry Beaver Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Hi, I'm Matt Vaskersian with another little-known legend of sports. In golf, a hole-in-one is as much luck as it is skill. Just ask Harry Gonder and Jim Whalahan. In 1940, pro golfer Harry Gonder was desperate for a hole-in-one, so he camped out at a par-three 160-yard hole and fired tee shot after tee shot, determined to hit at least one ball into the cup. Well, 16 hours and over 1,800 shots later, Gonder's prize had eluded him. Now fast forward to 1992. A five-handicap weekend golfer named Jim Whalahan was playing on a course in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and managed to ace the par-3 115-yard fourth hole with a 7-iron. Whalahan, delighted with his good fortune, decided to play another round, and amazingly, using the same ball and the same club, hit another hole-in-one on the same fourth hole just a few hours later. What had been so elusive to pro golfer Harry Gonder was almost becoming habit for amateur Jim Whalahan. I'm Matt Vaskersian. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. Okay. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. (sighs) Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Hey Siri, uh-huh. take me to the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Are we near Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here.
Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Good afternoon. Good morning, actually, everybody. Good morning and welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. For a Thursday, the weekend is almost here. A sports weekend of uh, NFL wildcard games, college basketball, and... Finally, some college basketball being played. Yeah. It's nice. You're on the West Coast. We We had a game last night, Washington getting a victory in men's hoops. Um, but, uh, there's a full schedule of games for tonight and some other games coming up. We have a lot to talk about here on the program, but in the first hour, we have two guests. First is Chris Pendleton, Oregon state wrestling. And I just called him and something was wrong with the phone. It was, uh, his connection was not very good. So I'm going to call him back now and see if he's moved to another area or done something. And we'll get Chris Pendleton on. Oregon State Wrestling hosting uh, Arkansas Little Rock tomorrow night at Gill Coliseum. And then, of course, women's basketball tonight, which we can talk about. And we will with a guest coming up at 1130. Yeah, Brody Dryden, the the voice of the Arizona women's basketball team. He'll be on. Arizona comes in, top 10 team. It should be a really fantastic matchup at Gill uh, Coliseum tonight at 7 o'clock. It'll be uh, on 990 uh, here if you're looking for it on the airwaves. So that'll be good to have Brody on to talk in Arizona. Of course, the national semifinal or national runner up last year to the Stanford Cardinals. So that should be good. One of the Pac-12 powers in house, of course, Arizona State and Oregon State on Saturday uh, postponed. If you did not see that news yesterday, so only one game for Oregon State women's basketball this week. They really can't catch a break with uh, scheduling here in the the late later days of December. And then on into January, too many postponements, but at very least, yeah, they'll get a game here tonight and against a very quality opponent. I'm I'm interested to learn a little bit from Brody about this Arizona team because if we're talking about a turnaround of a program, one that had never gone past the Sweet 16 to go. Although when I was the voice of the women's team from '99 to '06, they were one of the powers in the league. I don't really know what they were doing in the playoffs during that time period, but they were always the tough out. And it was Joan Bonvincini was the legendary coach and they were very, very good. And then they took a dip for a while. Let's uh, let's go to our uh, first guest right out of the shoot. Chris Pendleton, Oregon state wrestling coach in his second year, like the women's basketball team being gone since December 1st from Gill Coliseum wrestling has that as well. And coach that's because you guys are, uh, you're, you're always going to tournaments around the country, but you're coming back tomorrow night. Is it good to get back to Corvallis? Oh, we're really excited about getting back to Corvallis. Uh, you know, it has, it has felt like we've been uh, been on the road for, well, we pretty much have. We, we haven't got to compete since November 6th in that Gale Coliseum. Yeah, and it, early November. I mean, that's that's quite a while. Good to be back home. And, you know, we talked. We had you on the show before the season got started. And, you know, you had talked about uh, different um, scheduling things that you wanted to do as a philosophy for the future and load it up starting next year. So are you still on target for, for, uh, for that? Yeah, I'm thinking that we're going to have a really challenging home schedule that people are going to be very excited about. Um, you know, it's kind of funny for fans, uh, you know, from uh, peeking to behind the scenes, you know, there's sometimes we're doing scheduling years out in advance. And, um, last year with everything that was going on, it made, um, kind of predicting the future a little challenging. So yeah. we erred on the side of caution and decided to be on the road and be a little bit of road warriors this year. So it's worked out really well. We, you know, wrestled one of the toughest, um, 
It's not the schedule from the country. I believe we have a couple of athletes that are actually leading the nation in RPI. That's uh, how tough your, your wrestling schedule is. And we're, we're right in the middle of the season. We're, we're excited. So, uh, Coach, this is TJ here with John. And I asked this yesterday of uh, assistant coach for, for women's basketball about what, what they do when, when they're not uh, when you guys aren't wrestling, when you don't have a game, when you don't have a, a meet, you guys were supposed to last weekend go to Philadelphia, and both of them got postponed. How do you structure and sort of stay in rhythm when when a when a match is postponed, and you need to you've been training for that, and you, you know is it a bunch of exhibitions uh, here at home or what? Well, we've we've had we've like I said we've had competitions and uh, we are having some guys that almost are needed to leave the nation or at the top of the nation matches wrestled. We've done three tournaments, so I'm very confident with our match count and how we're going. Honestly, we've gotten just really good at adapting on the fly the last year and a half. Um, kind of the the biggest thing is the kids walk in, they know that they get to train, they get to compete again, and that's the main thing. Um, with the max uh, cancellation and postponements, those kind of things are obviously a little bit of a downer, but I, I actually tell people all the time, I'll tell you guys a story. We're supposed to go wrestle the University of Iowa, the defending national champions mm-hmm. in their home arena, and we were fired up. I mean, you know, those are told the guys, like, you know, when you visualize yourself as a little kid winning an NCAA title, you always do. You, you know, you, you visualize yourself beating the best. You know, very few times you picture, you know, beating some, you know, lower-ranked um, um, school that no one's ever heard of. You're, you're always trying to think about visualizing, like, you know, the, the best of the best. And we were excited about getting to go there. Um, we went to the Eugene Airport at 6 a.m. Mm. And I did trust me, uh, that early morning, getting everybody, saw any, you know, a big group of 18 to 23 year old men getting them on time anywhere that itself is a, yeah. <laughs> an accomplishment yeah. everything was going great at breakfast got to the airport right away flight delayed uh-huh. and it i'm not gonna bore you with the details but it was basically we left at 6 30 at night from the eugene airport wow and we finally were figured out like hey there's just no way we're going to make this happen um I was, you know, really disappointed. The guys were disappointed. We um, called our, our, our buddy um, in our church group because we couldn't even get a rental car to get back from Eugene to Corvallis. So we called one of our buddies uh, from his church group. He brought up two 12-passenger vans to pick us up in Corvallis. And I, I kid you not, one of the vans broke down at the airport. Wow. It was like, you know, the most snake-bitten uh, uh trip ever yeah but all we did we came right back to Corvallis right back to the wrestling room and we had maybe our best practice of the year mm. and came back the next morning had an even better practice and for some of our guys it was a little bit of a turning point on some of their seasons I well, saw the energy lift up and you know they, they did an amazing job just taking a bad situation and making it great that's what you want that that's what you want out of the out of them for life you know if there's something wrong with your kid you you don't you don't sit there and cry about it. You triage. You get it taken care of, and then you move on and grow from it. So that's really good story right there, Coach. And then I remember that time period because we kept reporting on it. Nope, it's been postponed again, postponed to the next day, and then it was just called. But we didn't know the details behind the scenes. So that's interesting. Now, what about the Penn and Drexel situation? Did you know early on that one so you didn't have to go to the airport? 
Yeah, that was uh, that was actually a couple days before. Um, he, he, the one of the coaches called me, and uh, they had a, they had a pretty big outbreak, yeah. and um, you know it spread to their team pretty quick. So he gave me a courtesy call, like, "Hey, just so you know, you know we're dealing with this." So totally understand. Uh, called the Drexel co- coach, said, "Hey, because uh, you know Penn and Drexel are like the wrestling rooms are like five minutes apart from each other. They're right on like the same uh, street in the PA." Mm-hmm. And he obviously was like, well, we're going to go through some rigorous testing with uh, our group. Uh, we looked at about 30 different teams. We looked at tournaments. We looked at things that we could just do. And at the end of the day, we just sat down with the team and said, hey, we're going to get ready for another really tough team and a really tough stretch. So why don't we just take this opportunity just to build our bodies back up, get back to training, get back to recovery, um, taking care of ourselves a little bit more. And the guys, you know, responded really well. Chris Pendleton joining us here, uh, Oregon State wrestling coach in his second year now. So not a lot really to talk about from recent. Utah Valley would get to that. But were you okay with the finishes you got at Cliff Keen when you were able to go go there and wrestle down in uh, in Las Vegas? Yeah, you know, at Cliff Keen, um, uh, you know, we had some – we had a um, – we had a good showing, and it was one of those ones where we were wrestling some of the nation's elite guys. And then we had, um, um, right after that, uh, the semester ended, and we brought uh, we pulled Brian Reyes and uh, Trey Munoz back out of red shirt. And um, those guys are immediate impact guys that are ranked top 20. So when we started having that point total adding in, I almost wish we could go back to the Cliff King. I really feel like some of the uh, strides and gains that our guys have made um, since that tournament, which we did good. You know, we had a chance. We had a lot of placers, but I just know that we could have wrestled better. I really know we could have wrestled better, and I think that the guys knew that we could have wrestled better. And we kind of sat down as coaches and looked at, like, the points, and, you know, we finished eighth, which, you know, we have, I think, I don't know how many top 25 teams were there, but we outplaced a couple of top 25 teams. And, when we looked at the, the, the stat sheet on the way home, I was like, man, we had a couple of extra guys, we, you know, train uh, Reyes back in the lineup. It's, you know, we had a couple extra matches go our way. I was like, we're looking at almost top three finish. So hmm. that was kind of a good eye-opener for us, uh, for me personally. It's like, hey, I knew we had a good team. Now I'm seeing that we have a good team, and I know we can compete with the nation's best. Oregon State wrestling coach Chris Pendleton joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Coach, you, you've been to, through two months of this season so far. You've been on the road. You faced some some tough opponents. You know, showed out well in tournaments so far. I mean, what really has impressed you most so far here in this season? Um, you know, I saw a stat the other day that because um, it's always hard to. Uh, I think self evaluation is always a really um, tricky thing as an athlete, as a coach, uh, coaches tend to be a little bit more critical athletes always tend to be a little bit more positive and finding that happy balance. But what I, I saw a stat that made me really take a step back and say, yeah, we're on the right track where we've had 22 upset wins this year. I mean, 22 being people that were supposedly better than us on paper. And that kind of made me open my eyes like, Hey, yeah, you know what? I think some of our guys look good and some of our guys are underrated. We're, we're, we're a very scary, dangerous team. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's what you want to see. Now, as far as improvement goes, Utah Valley, 31-6. to You came away with that one. Um, Grant Willits, Corey Crooks picked up pins, as well as Brandon Kaler, who won over uh, fifth-ranked Tyler Lamont. You must be pleased with that effort from those guys and the rest of the team. Yeah, you know, uh, I think Brandon, I believe that's his third top ten upset um, on the year. Um, this is a guy that kind of uh, handled them pretty pretty solidly last year. So it was one of those deals that there was some gamesmanship from uh, both sides of the coaches where we decided to end the duel at 125. And, you know, it's kind of funny story. Um, basically, you can pick the weight if you're the home team. And we were wrestling in Boise and against Utah, so we are both kind of looking at each other before the match were like, well, I'm the home team. Well, no, I'm the home team. I'm, I'm closer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of one of those deals. And, you know, the, the Utah Valley coach decided that he wanted that to be the last match of the night. And I kind of told Brandon, I was like, last year they didn't care about you. Um, last year they, they, they wouldn't have cared if it was the first match or middle match. I was like, this year? They've seen some of the upsets you're pulling. They're actually worried about you. They want to get this kid as much recovery time as possible. And he kind of took a big, deep breath and was like, yeah, you know what? They are worried about me. I am getting better. And he went out and wrestled a really good match. Hmm. Good stuff. Well, we really appreciate your time. And uh, thanks for coming on with us. Tomorrow night, you've uh, you've got uh, Arkansas Little Rock. What do you know about them? And and. Do you, are you, do you guys look at film of all the different matchups that will take place, or is it, again, just about you working out and doing what you and each individual wrestler needs to work on? We do a little bit of both. We spend more time with our, the individual. Um, you know, wrestling, is, it, it's a lot better when you actually just focus on yourself and of your uh, opponent. We kind of treat it like a gunfight, you know, like the old Western. Like, you don't want to wait to see... <laughs> see what that guy does yeah you want to pull you want to draw first so we want to get our offense going uh we know the little rock team coaches extremely well uh, neil Erskine is actually one of my dear friends uh, we're both uh alumni at oklahoma state and i actually recruited and coached him at, at uh oklahoma state so it's a uh, it's always fun to get to kind of uh, compete against your friends is there is is wrestling small enough that you know or have a connection with ev- virtually any school across the country that has it or are there some pockets where they've got their own thing going um, on it, um, just my era at Oklahoma State where we had you know we won four NCAA titles in a row we have 13 division one head coaches going right now wow that's his head coaches so um you know with 76 programs it's it's pretty easy to kind of find a fellow alum in yeah there. yeah yeah, but and to be honest, we like to schedule against each other because, and you guys know, it's way more fun to beat your friends. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> and and uh, guys you competed with and gets the competitive juices flowing. <laughs> and then it's the oh, outside yeah, guys no, that say, I "Hey, we want in." Chance, I'll, I'll I'll share with you guys before we hop off. I I, I really think there's a good chance uh, we're we're kind of actually. I think we just might have solidified the date for uh, uh, next Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to have Oklahoma State here in the uh, Coliseum. That'll be fun. Sweet. We're breaking something on the Joe Beaver Show. We appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. No problem. Good luck tomorrow night, and we'll, right. get, we'll be in touch. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thank you. Chris Pendleton, head coach, Oregon State Wrestling. He, did I hear that right? He said I, we just learned right now while we're here. Oklahoma State 
next Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. That'll, that'll be, be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. That'll it stacks up the weekend nicely because it's the rivalry weekend in football as well. Oh, that's perfect. So rivalry on Friday, Friday usually. Yeah, and then probably I assume the meet on Saturday. Yeah, that, here at Gill. That'll be that'll be really cool. That'll be that'll be spectacular. Oklahoma State. It's fun when big name programs come to your facility. Yeah, because if we just look at the schedule this year, you mentioned uh, scheduling the, ho- the 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 tough home meets next year. Yeah. So really, the only ones at home this year, you have you know Campbell and Lehigh to start, and then uh, Little Rock right now. But then they don't come back home till February fourth against Cal Poly, and that's it. That's that's the only ones at Gill. Yeah. But next year, Oklahoma State, that will. It's going to be a good one. Well, and he told us before, too, that uh, way more home matches yeah. next, next year. Yeah. Uh, but just, just getting the name, that's a great one. Yeah, getting people here, uh, I think, was the issue, right? I believe. Yeah, getting, getting, getting people here in the whole COVID situation. Yeah. And just, you know, let's just schedule some tournaments and, uh, and, and, and go places where yeah. we know we'll get in. Although I think it was a surprise, the whole Drexel-Penn situation, like he said, that it just ran rampant through Drexel um, and they had to shut that down because otherwise they'd have been on a plane to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. which would have been pretty cool. You could knock out two at once and, and the Iowa one, I, I forgot about that. I forgot all about that situation because to us, we just kept getting uh, travel issues, travel issues. I think I was on the road. In fact, let me see. What was the date on that? Uh, uh, that I just November 28th. Trying to think if I was on the road with basketball. I don't think so, because Thanksgiving was the week yeah, before. Yeah, you're right. We were home. But I do remember just it kept getting put off. But little did we know behind the scenes, they went to Eugene Airport, which you're thinking, sweet, close trip, get on the plane. Waited all day until the evening time. Two vans from a friend and a church come to pick you up because it's not happening. And there's no rental cars available to get you back to the to campus. One of the vans breaks down. You eventually get back to practice in the evening time. And he says they have one of their best workouts of the year and a turning point for a couple of his wrestlers moving forward. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what that taught him. I don't know what clicked it's that team building right there, but being in the airport all day long and wanting to compete and they were headed off to, to Iowa, which, you know, is the, the Holy grail, if you will, of, of wrestling and all excited about it. And then to have to be disappointed, you know, you can be so down when you're disappointed and and yet it went the other way. That's a great story. Great story. A way to, to sort of flip motivation on its head there. <clears throat> yeah. what a, that'll be good. So, so again, tomorrow night, seven o'clock at Gill Coliseum, you have to wear a mask and I'll do all the things that you do for basketball. Um, and it'll be on pack 12 <clears throat> Oregon, I believe pack 12. Uh, where is it here? It'll be, it just says Rich Burke. Oh yeah. Pack 12 Oregon. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Rich Burke's going to call the action. We have Rich on the show quite often. And uh, Rich, of course, does a lot of basketball uh, for the Pac-12 network on, for Oregon State. These two teams met last year in uh, in Stillwater. J.J. Dixon won via fall at 197. Hunter Willits picked up a win at 157. And uh, let's see what else is notable for tomorrow. Uh Oregon State enters tomorrow's meet with eight wrestlers ranked in the Intermat rankings with Gary Traub at number 10. That's the best for Oregon State. Traub has a team-best 12-match win streak, which includes titles at the Cliff Keen Invitational 
and the Reno Tournament of Champions. By the way, philosophically, you know, on uh, no hitters and stuff, and mm-hmm. do you call them? If there's streaks going, I I just call everything. Well, you have to. Yeah, it's your job. You know, Jared Cunningham was about to break a Oregon I think State he... record in free consecutive free throws, mm-hmm. and I just said it. And he, he made them, but I wasn't doing the whole game of, oh, don't say that. Because... It's not like you're walking up to the player's ear and shouting right. it in his ear mid-free exactly, throw. Exactly, exactly. Um, just like him, and I'm sure he would rather you mention his streak. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple of streaks, actually. And I'm sure he knows how many in a row he's won. Yeah, there's a couple of streaks by some of the by several of the wrestlers going into tomorrow night. Um, they've been gone for a long time. So I imagine that tonight and tomorrow night will be very busy at Gill Coliseum, especially tonight. Should be a good crowd. Because for wrestling, it was expected. So if you're a wrestling fan, you're a season ticket holder, your, your, your brain is already thinking how few home matches there are. Nothing got canceled in, in such a way that they couldn't be home. It's all normal. But women's basketball, as we, we've talked about, has missed five straight they haven't been here, had a game since December 1st, and Saturday's has been postponed. So there's only one game this week, and then after that, they go right back out on the road to go to Washington next week. So it'll be a couple of weeks before they come back home again. And I don't think I've seen anything from the Pac-12 in terms of rescheduling women's games yet. I saw they released some stuff for the men yesterday. Did they? What Not did- Oregon State men. Uh, but they, I can look it up really quick. Who was it that we had on that told us they may start? I think it was Jonas Chatterton, women's yeah. basketball, that they may start next week with three games a week for some schools. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Here it is. Okay. These are the ones that are rescheduled for Pac-12 men's basketball. Utah and Arizona State on January 17th. Arizona State and Utah on January, or sorry, Arizona State and USC at USC on January 24th. Colorado at Oregon on January 25th. Arizona at UCLA, top 10 matchup right there, on January 25th. That's a Tuesday uh, at 8 p.m. Pacific time, so everyone's going to get to watch that. Top 10 matchup. Yeah. Um, And then California at Stanford on February 1st. All right, so they're going to knock some games out. Yeah, so that's just five, nothing relating to Oregon State yet. Oregon State only had the one game, right? Yeah. I assume they'll get to that. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, at some point. At but, some point. But spe- we're thinking about that. How many weeks left until the Pac-12 tournament for the women? Um, Let's see. I had it right in front it of me. It is, so March 2nd. Uh, March 2nd is about, what, seven weeks max? Maybe less than that. It's probably six. Well, let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, I'm, I'm counting wrong. So regardless, they are going to have to make up four. They're probably going to have to play... At, this is at most optimistic because they haven't scheduled anything else this week, and now they have another game postponed. Right. So they're going to have five extra games to make up in six weeks. Five games in six weeks. Which means you're going to have to play three, three games a week, five yeah. out of six weeks, Ooh, which is – That's a lot of basketball. That is a lot of basketball. It, you could say, quote-unquote, balances out since the last time they played was December 19th, nearly a month ago. But you know, I, I'm sure they would rather be playing those games on time than. And the problem is, it's not a it's not a league thing. It's individual teams, so mm-hmm. they're at a disadvantage for, and, against virtually every team. And that playing. is counting that all of these games are able to be made up and yeah. not be postponed right. again. Well, anyway, for women's basketball, we're going to talk about that 
from the opponent's side. We get Ron Callen on all the time, and we get Ron on tomorrow to talk about tonight's game and the next, uh, well, there won't be a Saturday game, but we get Ron on. So we thought, well, let's go to the other side and get the voice of the Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, Brody Dryden. He'll be, uh, he'll be good. He's a year younger than me, so if you guys think I'm young, he's yeah. uh, fresh out of school. And it's funny because his dad is Brian Jeffries. Brian Jeffries is the longtime voice of the yep. Arizona Wildcats football and men's basketball. I remember when I was uh, your age or maybe younger, a year or two younger than you are right now, having a friend where I worked in radio say, oh, I know Brian, or I know this guy named Brian Jeffries, the voice of the Arizona Wildcats. You should call him. This was when I was just getting started, just like you thinking, you know, who, who can I talk to? Who can say, you know, where do you go and how do you get the big job? <clears throat> I called up Brian. He talked to me. He was so nice and have run into him over the years coming back to Corvallis as the voice of the Wildcats. And now his son is doing uh, the women's team. And that that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, Brian's a great guy. All right. And he's up next. We need to take a break and we'll talk about tonight's game from the Arizona perspective and, and Oregon State as well. And uh, take your texts on any of what we're discussing. You can always do that. We'll get to those when we're done with the interviews. The phone line will be open up when we're done with the interviews. After this conversation coming up and all next hour, wide open on the University Honda text and phone line for uh, the Downward Dog. It's 541-497-5356. Back with uh, more right after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For Auto Glass Solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? If one of your New Year's resolutions is to get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. They invite you to stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff at Corvallis Floor Covering thanks you for your continued support over the last 34 years and looks forward to working with you in 2022. For more information, log on to Corvallis Floor Covering. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, and go be 
The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a $6.50 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's an open-faced hot turkey sandwich. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's mac and cheese. You can Always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street. Okay, I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, anyway, here we are. Yeah. It's uh, 1134 this morning, and we just got done talking with Chris Pendleton, Oregon State wrestling coach, uh, tomorrow night. They've got uh, Arkansas Little Rock coming into town and have been away for quite a while, so has Oregon State women's basketball. And the Beavers are taking on a very, very good Arizona team. And we thought, well, you know what, let's get the other side and see what it, what's going on with this uh, Arizona Wildcats squad getting all the way to the national championship game. Cody Dryden, or Brody, sorry, bro, sorry Brody, uh, Dryden joins oh, us here on the, uh, on the Joe Beaver Show. And we're just marveling at how young you are just getting into the business, but hey, why not? You know, you come from a, a broadcasting family, and, and here you go. You get the, the voice of, or, of uh, Arizona Wildcats. Was there someone in between you and the person that I knew 20 years ago doing it, or have there been several? Um, you know, to my knowledge, it's been uh, it, was, it was Derek Palmer for, for years and years before uh, I took the reins this year. So I, I don't know before Derek, but, um, you know, he, he did a phenomenal job and, uh, I I'm doing it this year. So I don't know exactly if it's not Derek, then I'm sorry. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm no, no that's, it's a, just a, just a curious question because I, I was the voice of the women's team here from 99 to 06. And I do remember back then, I know you guys had that down period and a lot of people forget things. And I'm like, what do you mean down period? They were great. Back in those days, 99 to 06, Joan Bonvincini had that team as one of the top three or four teams in the conference every year. Has uh, Wildcat fan forgotten about the great work that Joan Bonvincini did? Oh, no, not not at all. I, I don't think it, it really helps that um, her greatest player ever Adia Barnes is now the head coach of the program and all she's done uh, in, in Tucson. And I feel like just more and more people are reminded and uh, you know, highlights are shared. The history is shared. Uh, Joan does a lot of the games in Tucson on television for the PAC 12 network. So that, that history is, is definitely, uh, you know, brought up, now, now and then, I, I wasn't around for that, but I, I try to do my research and include those kind of history lessons for some other new Arizona fans out there in in the radio broadcast as much as possible. So, um, yeah, we, we are definitely reminded of those days in Tucson. But yeah, when I was sort of growing up in the post Bonvincini days, it was. Um, there were definitely some low times because I remember going to games and, you know, things just were, were not great. And you, you think of programs across the country that are similar to Arizona, some of the blue bloods or, or just great programs have kind of 
um, you know, synonymous men's and women's programs uh, that are great. And Arizona having such a storied, long-time great uh, men's program that really never falters. It was kind of strange there for a few years where the women's program, uh, you know, really wasn't doing doing the greatest often in the bottom of the Pac-12. But, you know, Adia Barnes has come in in the last few years, obviously done an incredible job taking uh, the Cats of the National Championship last year. And, uh, yeah, just, just been a, a great time, great thing for the community of Tucson as well to, to rally around uh, the program. Brody, this is TJ here with John Brody Dryden joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. You mentioned Adia Barnes. She's in her sixth season now as head coach of the Wildcats. And under her, they have reached heights that they had never had before, never advanced past the Sweet 16, if I believe, um, uh, with that fact. And, you know, national runner-ups last year. What has she brought? Like, what? how has the culture changed when she takes over in April of 2016? How is the program different now than, than in the past? Yeah, I think more than anything beneath the the wins that have come and that they sure have come to Tucson is, is the swagger. You know, the, that's something that not a lot of programs have, that, you know, good culture, fun culture, um, excitement that, that she's brought with her. Uh, to Tucson because I think you know you kind of look back when I mentioned you know Arizona women's basketball was not at its height when she was hired and you know she was brought on and you can kind of see it it's like seeing um, you know any player or uh, in any sport or, or just somebody when you see them in the beginning and you know maybe that final product of success isn't there but you could see the glimpse of what she was talking about in her introductory press conference in Tucson and people kind of bring it back up, how she just kind of has that confidence, the swagger and uh, everything you need to build, uh, you know, a great culture first and foremost. And then second of all, the wins, great talent uh, and players come along with it. So uh, apart from just a a great product uh, on the floor, um, you, you guys should see the the crowds we get at the Adia Barnes radio show on a weekly basis. That mm. uh, fans love to come out, support, say hi, and um, you know she's great with them and and talking to fans and relating to fans, even just coming out on the court. It's it's crazy. You know, sometimes you see on TV or when you go to live games and when you're a fan in the stands or whatever, what you see on the court is kind of, uh, you know, somebody invincible or, you know, you can't really talk to them. It's great uh, to see coach and and just the the program kind of interacting with fans and, and making it more of a a community centered uh, program that that she's running. So I'd say that's one of the the biggest advantages that she's brought uh, to Tucson. That's fantastic, and the support is very similar up here in Corvallis with the, the women's basketball team and head coach Scott Rook. Let, let's go to the, the roster now and the players. Last year with the national national runner-up, I mean, you lose Ari McDonald off that team, and yet it seems like this team, really they really haven't missed a beat. How, how has that production been made up? Has there been someone else to step up into that leadership role to lead this team to the top 10 ranking they're in right now, uh, number four until last week. Yeah, without a doubt, that was a, a big hit uh, to the roster. Ari McDonald, 20 points per game, an All-American, the most talented player 
uh, in school history going to the WNBA. Uh, but apart from that, the, the roster largely, and especially rotational players, really just haven't uh, changed a ton. And I think the talent and what's filled in this year was always there, but it was just, you know, Ari McDonald, this generational talent was there um, to score so much. The opportunity wasn't necessarily there for uh, these other players, even though you saw glimpses uh, in your past. So, uh, this year, the leading scorer is Key Reese. She's currently at 15 points uh, per game. She's a, a post player. She's got a great um, uh, attack under the basket. She's got a great way of using the backboard on the angles of shots. She'll be off balance, leaning this way, that way, and just she'll find a way uh, to get it up uh, into the hoop. And the, the, the strange thing, uh, guys, I'd say after you know going through the first 12 games, um, of this season is you look at other rosters and there's so many players on other rosters. Like for example, you know, not, not a power five school, but Arizona played Northern Arizona in Flagstaff uh, right before the program was put on uh, pause for a few weeks there over the new year. Um, but Northern Arizona had all five starters in double digits point average and that's something we've seen at least multiple. You'd see at least like three, I'd say, uh, starters in double digits. And maybe that's a product of the, the early season. A lot of people getting, being able to score, but Arizona really just never had that. And it's, it's kind of attributed to any given night uh, or day. I, I'd say any Wildcat can go off for a lot of points. Yeah. Sam Thomas, a, a fifth-year senior, senior, she's averaging seven and a half points per game. But I don't think anybody would be surprised uh, if any given night she could go uh, off for 20-plus, you, you know, and some uh, different freshmen like Maddie Connor. She just recently had her career high of uh, 15 points per game against Northern Arizona. Ben Duyaney only averaging uh, just less than six points per game. But, again, nobody would be surprised if she went for 20-plus uh, on any mm. given night. It's just this year's team is different than last year because it was kind of known that Ari McDonald uh, was the star. She was going to be getting a lot of possessions, a lot of shots, but now uh, any given night, uh, any of the Wildcat players uh, could be that player. Yeah, that's amazing. And Yaney, of course, your defensive leader, averaging the most in steals. I was looking at her and one other, Aronette Vonley, because they're Oregonians. Now, Yaney is a graduate tr- or a transfer starting out first and playing three years at Indiana. So um, hadn't heard of her. Played at St. Mary's. Don't cover a lot of high school sports anymore. But, you know, the big names, you'll hear about them. And I don't remember hearing about her. But the 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 freshman is the one that I, is, I'm interested in, in that you've got 6'3 forward uh, Aronette Vonley, do you know the story behind that? I'm, I'm sure that with both programs up in our state, they probably went after her hard because if she's, uh, you know, going to the team that went to the national championship at a West Lynn, which is right up the road, what, did she just want to be a Wildcat the whole time? Yeah, and I, I've actually talked to uh, Nettie before, Erinette's uh, nickname, Nettie, and she was actually uh, reached out to by Ben Duyaney, Um as uh, you know, sort sort of a recruiter because they knew each other playing AAU ball. You know, there were a few years uh, removed from one another, but they had mutual friends, knew each other. 
um, and had that connection established. And I think that uh, that combined with uh, perhaps the charm of Adia Barnes and the charm of an appearance to the national championship uh, as well kind of pulled her uh, over to Tucson. So I know there were there was that relationship um, uh, established prior to um, yeah prior to recruiting her, and so uh, obviously she visited, she liked it, she fit in uh, really well. So those familiar. Uh, with Vonley in her high school days, she she's really done a good job. You know, she's still a freshman. Brody, yeah, I don't know if it's him or us. That one's a hard one to checking. Tell. One, two, yeah, Brody. Well, we got a break anyway. Uh, message him and say thank you very much. Okay, because that sounds like it's not recovering. Um, I feel bad. I feel bad about that. The way that uh, ended really good guest, great voice too, but, uh, yeah, really good guest. That was, uh, that was Brody Dryden, the voice of Arizona women's basketball from the other side, the son of Brian Jeffries, who's the voice of football and men's basketball for many, many years, 30 years for Brian Jeffries. Really, really great guy. Really nice. Fun to talk with him when he, when he comes up and uh, one of the last remaining guys to do baseball on the radio for Pac-12 teams. There's not a lot of Pac-12 teams that do radio baseball. Mm-hmm. And ASU does oh, for Tim all, Healy. all the game. Yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim's a great guy too. Yeah, Tim's good. Tim's a guy that if you ask him a question, you better have time. You can't do that. Hey, we have less than a minute to go, Tim. What's the answer to this? Cause he, he won't get the answer in. He uh, has a lot of information. All right, thanks to uh, Brody Dryden. Really wish that I don't know what happened there. I, I don't. In fact, I'm going to hit the button to see if we have dial tone. If we have clean dial tone, then we'll know it was not on us. Yeah. Well, okay, it was his phone. We needed to take a break anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, Brody Dryden game tonight at seven o'clock. Oregon State and Arizona. They're eleven and one. Suffered their first loss against USC, so they're one and one in conference play. And it's going to be a great showdown. We had Jonas Chatterton on from Oregon State Women's Basketball yesterday. The front line is going to be fun to watch, to see how, because Oregon State is huge across the front line and can be if they play the right combinations, which they do, and they're big. So it's going to be fun to see that matchup. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for tonight. We'll take a break and come back with more of this hour of the Joe Beaver Show. Your, your, your uh, text, there's a couple of texts to read here. And anything else you want to weigh in on, the number to text or call is 541-497-5356. Back after this. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump's has the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. 
Fly it from Sammy's in the Timberhill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day, and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements, and they'll safely deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. What are all the things... What are all the things you witness what, what, online what? in a day? Stop. Cats playing piano. Stop talking. Self. There we go. <laughs> uh, John yelling at the computer. Just Brody, a, a normal Thursday. Well, we've been having a disastrous morning on Clue AM, and I'm in charge of both stations. I'm not the engineer, so I could only sit back and listen and watch. Disastrous. Nine o'clock till, I don't know if it's been fixed because I've been on the hour the air here. So anybody who listens to Clue, we did have one texter say, is Clue off the air? Yeah, Clue's off the air. And then the next minute it's on the air and then it's off. They're fixing it. They're working on it. But just from uh, being the leader of that and listening to it, I, I cringe. A couple of notes on uh, a follow-up to our interview with, with Brody. Great, great kid. Yeah, that was good. Really good voice, too. That was really good. Yeah. I, I imagine good things for him. <clears throat> we were talking about nepotism and a few other things. Um, I noticed just in looking through their notes... And this is always fun. I love to go to, first things first, look down the roster and mm-hmm. see who is either from Oregon or closest to Oregon. And you're, you're surprised every so often. They have three players, two from the state, one who played at Oregon down the road in, uh, well, now, oh, yeah, Brendu Yaney. She went to St. Mary's and then went to Indiana out of St. Mary's. I don't remember hearing that she was this great player out of Portland, but I stopped covering high school quite a while ago. Um, so she's got one year left, I think, at Arizona. And he referenced her. She leads the team with 2.3 steals per game. And Aaronetti Vonley, now he said Aaronetti, and he said she even has the nickname Nettie, which is a play on the last part of the name. It's spelled N-E-T-T-E at the end of the name. But mm-hmm. 
in the in the media guide, and again, Mike and I on names, in the media guide, they have it phonetically spelled out as Aranet. Yeah. Well, so, maybe he was mixing both on accident. Well, usually when you're the play-by-play person for the team, you travel with them, you eat with mm-hmm. them, you're you're part of the family. So if he says it's Aranetti, it's Aranetti. Yeah. But their uh, SID needs to needs to fix that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, what's cool about so so Vonley Aranetti Vonley went to West Lynn and like he said, he you know picked up uh, from the from the friend of I guess. Uh, AAU basketball, Ben Du Yaney. And one thing that was interesting about Ben Du Yaney, just the last bullet point in the notes has 12 siblings. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> it's just like you get golden nuggets when you look in the bio portion of, mm-hmm. of uh, and the of, thing is, uh, though, players. every school I feel like is different with that. Some really just don't put anything fun fact in there. I think it is determined by the athlete. It is. Because the SIDs that I've worked with, all of them, they give them questionnaires. And um, they put in what the athletes fill in. Yeah. Which and, make, uh, I, that makes sense. But I know you've done plenty of prep on Division One athletes with full yeah. bios. I've done the same thing when I was doing student radio yeah. uh, at ASU. And, you know, it is, it is really hit or miss. Well, it is. And you're right that uh, it's just the style of the SID. They might not even do it at all. Yeah, outside it, of statistics. Yeah, it really might not matter. And most get, of them do. Most of them do. And and bios, especially when you get past all the statistics, all the way down to their high school years, and then it gets into father played for 14 years in the NFL. Yeah. Or oh, that's good mother was a world-class track athlete. You'd be amazed at how many nuggets you can get when you look at any roster. And then if there's ever a name that you know from, like, Matthewson, Christy Matthewson. Well, if you were an athlete and you knew the answer to this, which you don't, mm-hmm. your parents don't, it would be in there. Oh, any relation to Christy Matthewson? And then mm-hmm. it might be in your bio. Stuff the answer is like still really unknown. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Probably. <laughs> the answer is unknown. Somewhere I, down the line. I get that. By the way, did your mom uh, listen to the show and send yeah, me Yeah, she was the... sending you book requests. That's great. Yeah, yeah Thanks, Mom. Recommend. She's a big, She's a big reader. That's awesome. Thanks, so... Mom. I'm going to absolutely take advantage of that. Yeah. I got busy yesterday, and I didn't download the reader thing. Mm-hmm. So that happens today because I... Amazon Audible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and seeing what it's like. Back to nepotism. So um, Adia Barnes' husband is on her staff. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, I feel terrible because I'm not remembering her name. I'm just drawing a blank, but the uh, the recently departed coach for Washington State was coach at Washington. Her husband was also her assistant coach. Oh, I don't remember. She just passed away suddenly um, a year or two ago, and it was a big surprise, horrible loss. And I, I, I'm just, gosh, I feel horrible for not being able to come up with her name. I can see what she looks like. I remember her coaching, great person, and uh, did a great job at Washington State. And TJ's looking it up right now so we can what year? have an answer. I'll go back five years, Washington State. Last coach before the current coach at Washington State. And a rare situation, Marv Harshman did this, to actually coach for both teams in the state of Washington. In fact, Which uh, is interesting. She was let go June? at Washington. June Doherty. Yep. I am so sorry, With June Mike, Mike 
and Doherty Mike Doherty, as his yeah. associate head coach. I thought that the Arizona State women's coach husband was on that staff, but I could be wrong on that one. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Now you said she's well getting a little. It just like long so with tread. Charlie. So Charlie, Charlie Turner Thorne has done a fabulous job yeah. at ASU. She's been there now twenty five years. Had Arizona State as one of the top yeah, teams in the, good. in the conference, just, except they for are the last just four now years. lagging a little bit behind to the rest of the conference. Yeah, they are. They they're, are. It's they're not probably in the seventh and eighth, probably best like recruiting stance too. Yeah. Like, like look at all when we, at the beginning of the year, earlier in this year, before the the season started. We, you know, went down and looked at the the top five recruiting classes in mm-hmm. women's college basketball. Four of the top five are in the Pac-12. Yeah, and I think it was six of the top ten. Yeah, the, the, the league dominates. ASU's ASU's not in that. Five teams in the conference have been in the Final Four in the last five years, six years. Yeah, it's. Um, but I'll say this: during my time, ninety-nine to 06, and then even after that, Arizona State, up until just a few years ago, was one of the top teams to mess with and could be conference champions virtually every year under Charlie Turner Thorne. Yeah, it's, uh, most of my four years, which spans from 2016-17 season to 19-20, and 20, they usually they would hang right around from 25 to 20 most of the year. Yeah. So, but, but the Pac-12 really has jumped up. Exactly. Oregon, Oregon sprouting in that time. Oregon Arizona State, Oregon State's I mean, been good. Been good, right. So Oregon, like, sprouting up with Sabrina Ionescu, Arizona coming to life, and then, of course, you have UCLA, you have yep. Stanford. Yep. It, it's it's just tough. And UCLA was always a team that had high expectations but always underachieved. But these last couple of years, UCLA has answered those calls yeah, and uh, been a top team. So it's it's tough, but she was one of the great coaches. But I remember now, and this was 20 years ago, I remember Charlie Turner Thorne coaching on the sideline in high heels with one of those those furry things around your neck. A uh, scarf? Not even, no, not a scarf, a, a boa. Drink? A boa. Uh, I don't even and, know. It's... And they're like feathers and having to blow it out of her face. Uh, Rungi used to have, do that at Oregon. And Charlie was full-on eight-and-a-half-months pregnant, coaching on the sideline and stopping that is and an moving around. I thought feat. it was great. It was great. great the dedication theater. to do that Yeah, when you could very easily just And now not. those kids are all like, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. Uh, no, I liked her. She was she was great. And, I and, and she's Joan very Bonancini. nice. She's a, one, of the, one of the nicest. Yeah. And for Arizona, I love Joan Bonmancini. She does Pac-12 work on, on the TV a lot. All right, now another hour to go. Roll tape, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. Computer last year, a lot of people did. The folks at Canalys say 2021 personal computer shipments jumped nearly 15% to $341 million, the largest number of desktops, laptops, and workstations shipped in a single year since 2012. 
It's a noteworthy recovery for a sector that had been written off as a field in decline, as smartphones became the most important and highest volume product in the electronics business. The recovery also happened in a year that was marked by temporary supply issues in PCs due to a chip shortage. Stocks are mostly lower so far today. The S&P 500 is down 42 points. The Dow Industrials had been slightly higher. They're now down 30. The Nasdaq Composite slumping 270 points, or one and three quarter percent. Barbie is paying a special tribute to the life and legacy of Ida B. Wells with its latest doll launch. Mattel's upcoming release, honoring the late journalist and activist, is a part of the Toymakers' inspiring women's series and will officially launch on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. That's your money now. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8. Edward Jones, member SIPC. The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a 650 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's an open-faced hot turkey sandwich. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. Hi, I'm Dennis Overs, the golf guru, here with another golf minute to help get you relaxed, but ready, ready, ready. Having a good address position in golf is imperative for developing a good golf swing, and how you stand at address affects how you swing. In order for your arms and body to move freely, which will in turn develop more club head speed, you must start from a relaxed, balanced position at address. The next time it's your turn to tee off, imagine yourself in a relaxed athletic position. Your stance should be well balanced and your upper body should feel reactive. What do I mean by reactive? Well, imagine if someone threw you a heavy medicine ball. You'd be able to catch it without losing your balance. When you have a solid foundation coupled with a solid setup position, this will serve as the basis for making a good swing. So remember, when on the tee, feel relaxed and how the right posture can help you turn your swing into a much more powerful move. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. I know you've been waiting a little bit longer than normal. Jen's manicure spot needs an extra pair of hands. Who's at the front desk right now? Someone who's handy with everything from nail files to spreadsheet files. Deidre's not coming in today? But we have that whole bachelorette Indeed can help her hire great people fast. 
I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Nerds! Dreaming of a change of pace? Let NerdWallet help you compare your way from here to there. Compare investing accounts to expand your portfolio and your horizons. Then, use NerdWallet to compare mortgage rates for a home with peace and quiet built in. Huh. Compare your way there. Find the smartest financial products for you on NerdWallet. NerdWallet Compare Inc., NMLS 1617539. NerdWallet is not an investment advisor nor an investment broker. Information is for educational purposes only. 1240 Joe Radio welcomes you back for another edition of the Joe Beaver Show, where, as always, we accommodate all manner of inquiry. I'd like to ask you one question. Go ahead. You think that girls think less of a boy if he lets himself be kissed? With your hosts, Doc Parker. You better do your research, Parker. Doc Parker, reinventing the art of play-by-play. The boys are back in the field. They're lined up, and there they go. Hitting in the first inning. No runs, no errors, but plenty of hits. And John Warren. Bravest, kindest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. Friend of mine. Anybody can help me. He can! Mike and John deliver a daily message to the BCF. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. And they keep a close eye on the happenings in Westwood. They accuse me of chicanery. I'm a stranger in these parts and unacquainted with the rules. Where can I put your support? But above all, there's always a game. Games? Must we? Tune in on the radio if you want to see how the game's going along. <laughs> Mike Riley is tuned in. John? I heard you on the radio. Do you like the show, Coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Doc. We better be going. Okay. Come on, you palooka. Stop stalling. It's the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Joe Beaver Show. John Warren with T.J. Matthewson. Uh, we'll talk with Mike Parker. Maybe today. Maybe today. We have planned to have Mike on tomorrow. It's kind of uh, what happened last night. What's going to happen tomorrow? We might get Mike on today. And then, of course, we do have Peter Weber from the OSAA. There's there's a few things that just keep cropping up that uh, prompt some questions for the OSAA on how they want to handle things. Mm-hmm. I thought that yesterday's texting was interesting on the reaction to the thought of if you're playing down a level in high school sports, you shouldn't be eligible for the playoffs. It was kind of a, an even split on if you should or you shouldn't when it comes to the texters. So thanks for everybody for participating in that conversation. And what was the other thing? Oh, the 95 to 5, there wasn't should enough you response. Let well... I don't even know that that's the question. There's just too many questions. Should you let up? What do you do when you're a parent? That's an easy one. I know how to parent the wins or the loss on that one. If you're an administrator, do you go to your coach and say, well, you do. You say, what'd you do? Tell me what happened. Okay, what else can you do? There's nothing you can do. Uh, so anyway, that, that that'll, one was... That'll be good to chat about with him tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and what the OSAA wants to see. I know that they do... They do follow up on things like that just with, hey, tell us what happened. Um, they might even go to the losing side and say, 
you know, what are you going to do moving forward? How are you, you know, what's with the program? What's going on? There could be all kinds of extenuating circumstances. We just don't know. COVID, COVID might have been an issue, wiping out the team, and it was just all freshmen. I don't know. I just saw the score. And we see those across the country, and they make national news. Oh, my gosh, look at this score. And and uh, I just thought I would propose the question about how do you handle it? What do you do? We're talking preps, not pros or even college. And I don't have an opinion on what to do because I don't know, really. If I'm on the winning side, I know me personally. If I'm on the winning side and it's just layup after layup, I'm spreading the floor and letting that clock run. I don't want to humiliate anybody. If I'm on the losing side, uh, depending on the demeanor of the game and the opposing coach, I'm not taking it personally and saying, well, sometimes we, we just couldn't. We just you're just not good it. enough. Yeah, right, right. I, I personally wouldn't be offended. Now, if they're jerks, Cobra Kai, uh, <laughs> you know, then I'm like going after them as a, as a leader. So did coach. you watch it? No, I haven't started yet, but I'm going to because okay. I've had uh, several others tell me, yeah, yeah, you got to check that That's out. That's good. But uh, it, it all just depends, you know. It depends Be on... thankful your kids are much more interested in basketball than uh, in Cobra Kai. <laughs> As you can see, it tears a community apart. I don't know. I, I don't know. You'll have to see it. You'll have to see it. I just know that the movie, the first movie was great. Wax on, wax off. Daniel Sun. <laughs> the, the teachings continue. <laughs> It's good. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delve into that soon. But I want to thank your mom for the uh, book uh, mm-hmm. suggestions. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to start with Al Michaels once good. I figure out how to get the thing going. Just press play. Well, I, do you have to buy it? I wasn't sure if you, because I literally, in that's a, two that's minutes a good of question. Time, they might, they might have it at the library. I don't know. You do some Google. I'm gonna, Let me know. I'm going to spend some time uh, doing that. So I've got a few projects today to do. But, uh, and a lot of good book. Uh, uh, ideas from the listeners yesterday. So thank you for that, for downloading and, and listening to a book. I, I don't know that I'm I'm all in on that yet. I have to experience a couple of books um, to see where we are on that. I, I, I fear I, I'm not get off my lawn guy. I, I should be because I'm in that age bracket and I'm jaded in many ways in life, but I don't want to be that guy. So I'm willing to try and give it some time and think and then take and make a full on opinion and go forward. So, but my initial inclination is as a former voracious uh, reader for entertainment, love reading and my daughter loves reading. Uh, just love it. I think the benefits are so important for, especially for kids, to read, comprehend. You know, reading for comprehension, all those tests we took, and get it into your brain that way instead of just have everything be electronic. I, I worry that we're we're going too easily into an electronic world where something does things for us too easily in every like someone reading it into your ear. Yeah. But then again, I do like some podcast. I like listening to anything that's interesting. So that's why I'm willing to listen to the Al Michaels book because I know that would be great because I love it is, Al Michaels. It, it is a very interesting yeah, book. A lot I, of I, I, very honestly, good I can't details wait. in that. I can't wait. Thanks, by the way, Mike in Seattle for the quick June Doherty reference. Um, I didn't look to my left and look at the screen before TJ came up with it. Um, 
Great person, great coach, lost her far too early. Uh, Dave from Sandy writes in on the topic of uh, games getting in. Beaver women's basketball tonight at uh, Gill Coliseum, but not on Saturday because Arizona State is having some COVID issues. Everybody has, so there's there's blame. there's been a lot of teams Blame's that don't even the issue. There's a multitude of teams I think that haven't even played a game yet. Yeah, Pac-12 with yeah. six weeks left. Yeah, so. Then we get to talking, well, what's going to happen with all these games? You had the stat. What was it, six games in five weeks or five games in six weeks? Yeah, they would have to make up five Pac-12 games with six weeks left until the tournament. So Dave writes in and says, I'm hoping that the powers that be do not try to cram all the canceled games in over the next seven weeks. As much as it would be great, these young women are student athletes, emphasis on student, not athletes, students, (laughs) reversed. We lose track of that fact. We may just have to sacrifice yet again this year and hope and pray for better days in the future. Have a great day, Beaver Nation. Dave, outside of Sandy. Um, that's great. That's a great text. There's only one thing in that text. And I, I know Dave, he's, he's a great man. There's only one thing in that text that is like a red flag for me. And that is this idea of student athletes, not athlete students. Yes, but I think with NIL, with what's happening with all these transfers, with what's happening with opting out of football games because you're, you know, all this stuff, I think student athlete, sadly, I sadly say this. Is there anybody out there who joins me? I sadly say that that's dead. It's done. It's not about, it's not about the books and you're in getting a degree. No, it's dead. It's not about the student athlete experience well, it's about what how much can they make and and too many arguments from people on the side that says when we're talking about this who sharply say with their sharp words and attitude you know these guys do this they, these guys do that they make this they make that and all they get is this and i have stopped trying to say i do not interject anymore on this show although i'm about to with uh, they get room, they get their board, they get their books, they get everything that I had to spend thousands of dollars on or my children had to get thousands of dollars worth of loans to get. As a parent of a non-student athlete collegiate to college graduates, I get very upset. And I never thought I would because I'm a sports guy. I love sports. I love college sports. But until you live through it and you see what they're getting, how they're getting it, they should all graduate with A-plus records because of how much help they get. And the average student doesn't get any of that. It's a slippery slope. And so my argument's always, you're a student athlete. This is what you get, and it's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. But there's so much that comes into this show whenever Mike and I or you and I or whatever talk about this subject – and it's been a while now. It's been a, a year, maybe two, where I just stopped. I shut it down because my argument is not being heard. And it does kind of make you old-fashioned get-off-my-lawn guy, which I don't want to be. But I sadly say it's – forget student-athlete. Forget it. It's dead. It's all about making money and uh, what can they how, they – how they can prosper and benefit and go on to do great things. And I'm not going to say that that's horrible, and I'm not going to say I hate college sports. Not at all. I have just given up 
on the old fashioned we got a we got a stadium, we got a college. Well, we got to we don't have enough money. We got to tear down the college. I've given up on the old fashioned idea of student athlete. Okay, that's fair. So so to just to add on to what you say, making it about the student athlete, the schools themselves have done the same thing in terms of athletics and spending money on athletics. Yes. It's been it's the same way. It's no longer about the students. Go like I've never been to the University of Alabama. I've never walked around their athletic facilities. I could only imagine the millions and millions and millions of dollars they pour into just their athletic facilities where you could be like schools selling out for athletics, not academics. Right. Could they couldn't they put this money towards research? Right. So that, an example like that, right? Where you say the students are you know, focused on money. Well, so are the television networks. So are the schools. So are the conferences. So is the NCAA. Yeah. So you're not, you're not wrong. I, you're I don't wrong. think we can. I, 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 don't, I agree no, with, I agree. No we, we can, we can. Yeah. We, we can definitely disregard, like say, put our foot down and say, yeah, they're st- always students first. Well, no, not, not necessarily anymore. No. And I'm not, but we can also acknowledge that the schools, and the conferences are no longer like we make academics a priority. No, because it's not no. true. Maybe in the Ivy League. I don't know. Maybe in the Ivy League. Yeah, we, we because don't know they, that culture. We're not over there. Yeah, maybe. But a, but in a Power Five or a Group of Five conference. No, no, no. It's, now, it's just not true. Now the kids who play on all those sports that aren't going to get NIL money, they're not going to transfer. They're not going to do that. All those Olympic sports, all the all of them. Absolutely, they're student athletes. It's the higher end, and and the football programs. Yeah, but the 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 others are. It's it's there's still a, a an aspect of student athlete that still is alive and well. It's just it's hard to hear. There is like and Olympics Olympic sports, and I and your argument might have a little more validity with you know football programs as you mentioned because. You know, football's the the driving revenue source, and we we always see opt outs with football, and you know the the controversy of sitting on a bowl game, and yada yada yada, and that's where most of the NIL money goes. But in turn, if you look at it the other way, it is the schools, the networks, the NCAA are the ones that are profiting from these guys, yeah. with them yeah. not getting any. Of it. Well, and then there's other things that have happened over the years that I don't, I I just go, what you you, you can't what. I don't understand that. And we're and that is the NCAA has drawn up rules that takes power away from coaches in how they can discipline and what they can do. And again, one example of probably many, and I don't know a lot more, but one example is you cannot punitively run your players. I mean, when we're growing oh, like conditioning. conditioning or just you guys sucked at your free throws last night, get on the line. We had the meanest coaches growing up in the 70s and 80s that were mean, but I thrive under that, and unless it's not personal. But the meanest coaches, and it was a lot of times they wanted to get you in shape, and they used your mistakes mm-hmm. as an excuse to put you on the line. But every athlete, my wife, when she played basketball in the middle 80s at a small school in Oregon, myself, you, well, maybe not you, you're young. This is, this is, I'm oh, talking I conditioned in baseball. This. But punitively, <laughs> did, you, Believe did, me. did you have it punitively? Like out of discipline? Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. We would, okay, then they we run would, away with that. Okay, I do. I think discipline is great for any program. I really do. I think conditioning is a great way to do that. How, however, when 
when you get to like a high division one level, I, I'm assuming the NCAA and these schools and these coaches are just expecting these athletes to be adults, be responsible, be, you know, no, be adults. I, I know it is all part of the growing process, but that, that is just the, what they are thinking, John. That is what I am thinking, yeah, that, I, what they are assuming. But I do think it's good. I mean, in high school, I, I played baseball in high school, and we would condition, we, not even if we did anything wrong, it just, we did. It A, keeps you in shape. B, well, it also, like, I, it kept up discipline. I don't know how they get around it, honestly. If if I was a coach in the modern day and that rule was in existence, I would say, you know, I love you guys. I want you to run around whatever it is, you know, get on the line. Mm-hmm. I love you guys so much, I want you to get on the line. And getting on the line was kind of a uh, an overall statement that in different schools and different programs around – around society was very typical because it meant get on the baseline, run to the free throw line and back, run mm-hmm. to the top of the key and back, run to the, you know, it was, or we did get, get on, on get on home plate and run a diamond. Yeah. Whatever it is. You ever ran a diamond when I was, no, but when I was in playing football in high school to talk about your high school experience, it was around the poles because the setup yep. of where we practiced and the bulk of where we were, there was a really long trek up a really big hill that had poles, the flag poles. And we uh, punitively would be told to run around. And the the, the rallying cry that we mm-hmm. all feared, I'd love to hear from the listeners. What was the rallying cry you feared? My wife is, get on the line. Mike Parker back even before that, get on the line. In football, it was around the poles. And it could be different at any other high school venue for where you're practicing. Dave is on the line with uh, some thoughts on this. Dave, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey guys, just just a quick thought on on uh, the conditioning aspect of it. Um, my daughter, she played uh, soccer in high school, and she loved running stairs for conditioning. Loved it. Odd, not many kids do. She did, and her coach would would punish them for every turnover they had. They had to run a flight of stairs, so they sometimes have you know twenty five turnovers. You know, at the first part of the season, and and they you know use that as motivation to control that ball a little bit better. Yeah. Um, when she was in captain, you know, kids would, she, dad, they're not listening to me out there. So huddle them up, tell them you're running stairs tomorrow. Um, you know, get their attention. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of a cool thing that just brought me a little bit back there. Now with the transfer portal stuff, I, I really think that it's made, it probably affected basketball coaches more than anything so far. You look at what, what Wayne had to do and where he's, you know, where his kids are coming from right now and who's on that team. Mm-hmm. And how do you, how does a coach, and it'd be interesting if you could ask him that at some point, you used to bring in freshmen and, and you recruit at high school level and those guys would redshirt for a year. And then they might not even play their sophomore year unless they were, you know, the best of the best and they would earn their way into the onto the court, so to speak, and, and you would have that camaraderie. You know, you 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 worked your butt off for that spot. Yeah. And and now with the transfer portal, you really don't. So how's a coach motivate a guy? Because I mean, how do you get a guy to buy into your program? There's not. I don't see the program building happen like it did even ten years ago. Yeah, because when the, they want to pull the trigger and, and too you soon. Build from the beginning, and and now. You got a guy who says, "Yeah, I don't get what I want. I'm going to transfer out," and then you got to get guys to transfer back in, 
and, and you lose that program building aspect in, in that regard, you know, four, five, six years, get a guy in the program, he's there three, four years before he's actually playing and he knows the system. And I think I'm seeing it this year with the with the Beavers men's team is the guys just didn't know the system. They're coming in one year in. You know, they've been on campus for three months. They don't know the system. Yeah. They don't know what's expected out there. Um, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, because I, I, I was with with the team in the first six games. Oh, Mike did a game or here in between, and I did a bunch of games, I think seven this year, and I was with them, especially on the road, which you, you learn a lot. And, you know, we talked. I talked about this with Wayne. It was... And it's it's true of any team. We the opponents, virtually every team that the Beavers played in those first couple of weeks of the season on the road, had a, on average of seven or eight new players. So it's a new, it's new, one or two years old. But I asked him if it's the new norm. He said, I don't know if it's the new norm, but it's something we have to deal with right now. And his team included. It's just that some teams come together and learn it quicker, but. I didn't ask him about this, but I too wonder about how much team building you can do and how much uh, of a chemistry of a of a unit you can do if it's all transfer players and not high school players. And that just is something I think that coaching staffs around the country in all sports need to learn how to navigate that and find out what the right balance is. And it's just so fresh. Dave, that I don't know that coaches have quite figured that out yet, and the coaches that do the first will be ahead of the rest of the the group in how to balance new players versus building teams with freshmen. I like that Jonathan Smith has a good mm-hmm. high school uh, recruiting class this year, but he, and he had to go portal the first couple of years, and, and he's doing great. I think a good person to ask for this, Dave, is, go to Scott Drew at Baylor. He's done a phenomenal job, you know, defending national champions, and uh, that program really, I mean, it's not a bunch of one-and-done guys over there. That's that's a true program built. So, I mean, he would probably be a good, <laughs> a good person to ask for that. Well, you won't be able to get access yeah. to him, but uh, yeah. he would be good. He would be good, yeah. <laughs> Like the only other question I have on that is, and shoot, it just it just escaped my mind. Um, is it is it more beneficial to transition to the end of the, what pro coaches are have to do than that as a traditional college coach because pros kind of have to deal with that same thing. They do, the but they don't have to deal with it. Traded in and out. You don't have to recruit your roster. Yeah, you don't. So obviously, in the pros, everyone's under contract. You can't just leave when you want to, unless you're Antonio Brown. Um, but you know, in, in college, the way the way it is at this point, like the 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 transfer portal, I think it's going to go through this time right now where guys are going to transfer at a hair's notice. But I I think that so first there will be some regulations, but second there will also be sort of this realization that ne- the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and yeah, maybe there will be patience. But th- this is going to take like a process of. Of of uh, like a full cycle of of these one time transfers going through and actually seeing the results on the other side. We need a few more years of a sample size, but but it's yeah. hard to watch. It's hard to watch because there's so many kids coming and going, and they go too easily. Back before all of this, you had to really think about whether or not you wanted to leave because of the year that you had to sit out. And we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get back to that. Where the, well, the rule is you can yeah. only transfer once, um, and you have to wait a year. I can't remember what the rule is to be honest with you I because of the NCAA. That, that what COVID. we're seeing right now is kind of that pickup, 
you know, basketball game, you know, playground type stuff where, you know, because you can't teach, teach these guys your offense or especially your defense, you're, you're going to end up with guys out there kind of just playing their own game, so to speak, as, as individuals and not necessarily as, as the team. Um, you know, getting into your offensive set, you, where you just you're just going to want to get that the playmaker the ball every time. Well, and uh, in that case, going to turn away from that team aspect. In that case, if I'm coaching, I want to tell them, okay, we're going to run a motion offense, pass and screen away, just pass and screen away, and make sure you hit your free throws, and uh, we'll slowly work in our offense as the season moves along. Because there are times when I'm watching these games. Thanks for the call, Dave, by the way. Thank you very much. TJ, there's times when I'm watching games, whether it's an NFL game or any any game, any sport, and you want to just say during a timeout, just go play. Just go play basketball. Because they look like they're not understanding where they're supposed to be, too much thinking and not playing. And you know they're great athletes, great, great, let's say basketball, for example. You know they're great basketball players. And you just want to say, just go play. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. Just go play. And and it would be a better result than this fumbling around trying stuff. And and um, I don't know if anybody does that, but I will. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I mean, I think that works a little bit better with basketball than football. Football, you could probably just chalk that up to preparation. Because football is all about preparation. Basketball, yeah. basketball a little bit less. I mean, maybe if you're playing against the Syracuse zone, you you need a little bit more preparation than, you know, you play your standard standard team. Right. But, yeah, I, I, w- I would say so. Like, it's, it's simple. I don't know if it's that simple, though, because I'm sure the coach also wants his players to go do it. Yeah. But. Again, it is all up to the players to go out there and just play. Yeah, and uh, I tell you what, Oregon State has figured some things out. Because they, they, they look a lot better. They look so much better, and it could be just the time it takes to to gel. And tonight will be very telling, you know, facing a, 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 a top 10 team in USC lost at Stanford uh, on Tuesday, which I had to laugh at because I saw on Twitter, I didn't even realize this, it just peaked Pac-12 that one of the last two undefeated teams in the country plays at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday yeah. in an empty arena. Yeah, why the 2 o'clock thing? It was a reschedule. Okay. In yeah. an empty arena. Uh, yeah, they have the, uh, L.A. County. L.A. The, and I believe the Bay Area as well. So there will be no fans in the stands nope. on, on the TV ESPNU tonight for uh, the Beaver game. No fans in the stands or against UCLA. I, I saw that last week when uh, the Oregon-Stanford women's game was on in Palo Alto. Uh, no fans in the stands, so they're back to that. Let's take a break. We've got a couple of texts to get to, and any of your thoughts on what we've been talking about, uh, 497-5356 is the phone number to call, Downward Dog phone line, and the University Honda text line, same thing, 541-497-5356. We'll get to some texts, and when we come back, TJ has something that John Wilner put together as we talk about the Pac-12 going forward in football, and there's some some good ideas of course, he's he's one of the best, John Wilner. So we'll get to that as well coming up here on this Thursday edition of the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. 
locally owned and operated Qdoba Mexican Eats in Corvallis, Salem, and Eugene are hiring now. Qdoba is currently looking to add new and flavorful talent to their restaurant teams. New hires can earn $14 to $15 per hour. You'll also enjoy great perks, including benefits, free employee meals, and a flexible schedule. Students are welcome to apply. Call or stop by the Corvallis, Salem, or Eugene Qdoba today to learn more and apply. Qdoba Mexican Eats is an equal opportunity employer. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Independent Auto Works has been servicing and repairing Volkswagens for over 50 years. They're experts on Jettas, Passats, Nuno Beetles, Golfs, PDIs, Eurovans, and Vanagans. And they work on most other makes and models, too. They're on 13th Street near the OSU campus in Corvallis. Independent Auto Works, the guys you can trust. Your satisfaction is our success. Independent Auto Works. Showers or baths? Which do you prefer? Hi, this is Katie with Albin's Plumbing. You deserve a bathroom that fits you, whether that be a walk-in shower or a luxurious soaker tub. Let Albin's Plumbing handle your bathroom remodel from beginning to end. Then all you have to do is turn on the water and relax. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? If one of your New Year's resolutions is to get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. They invite you to stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff at Corvallis Floor Covering thanks you for your continued support over the last 34 years and looks forward to working with you in 2022. For more information, log on to Corvallis Floor Covering. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown. And go be yeah that's uh <laughs> as we get to the text here here's one that does stand out i we appreciate the the text we'll just say that um the uh the the second text we'll read first and that is i guess the letter of intent isn't a contract contract no it is not, not you can sign your letter of intent is your intent to accept your scholarship and enroll yeah which means you know you're probably you're on the roster but we saw it in in fall camp this year uh i forget who it was but you can go through one week of fall camp and transfer if you wanted to you could yeah yeah you could do that you just go to the compliance office and say i'd like to transfer and they're like okay but in that one time when you could transfer and play right away that means you could go through fall camp at one school transfer and play that year for uh, the next that's school? a good question i would say probably not because you don't know the system no but you could be on the team and be eligible you could to play you could be eligible to play yeah but i mean but we did come up with this during the break yeah you can transfer to another school and not sit out a year one time in your college career. That's what it, I remember yeah. the rule now. That's what the rule is. A one-time pass to transfer and play right away, which was And then old. the next time you would need a waiver, which that waiver process is one of the most random. Right, and, right. Well, actually, sorry. If you're a quarterback, you're good. You can transfer whenever and wherever you want, and you can play. As long as you're going to a Power 5 school. I wonder 
I wonder if the graduate transfer rule is still viable. Probably. At the same time as the one-time immediate I think it, transfer I would, rule. I would imagine it is. So you could play, let's say, three years at Indiana, transfer to Michigan, play your senior year right away without sitting out, mm-hmm. And then transfer to Oregon State and play your graduate transfer a year. Oh, yeah. Right. But that would be five years of eligibility. Um, you'd be up after transferring. I, I say Indiana because there was one player. In fact, there were two games specifically in basketball this year where the opponent had a player who played three years at one school because of the COVID extra year. Mm-hmm. Three years at one school. Went to another school. This was uh, Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Kid went to Colorado and came for one year. Back. They came back to yeah. Tulsa and single-handedly beat the the Beavers. Very good well, player. It's always an option. I, if you graduate, you are you literally you know you choose a different school. Yeah. Why? I mean that that is fine. That is a hundred percent fine. That has always been fine for a graduate transfer. But um, we can get to this other this other first part of this text. Yeah, it says NCAA is a nonprofit. Public schools are nonprofit. Please distinguish between being a profit making and revenue producing that is returned to the school and the athletic department. I'm, well, I'm just like, especially with the first part of the NCAA, I'm, I'm, I'm just struggling to give the NCAA literally any benefit of the doubt. Any, any of it. They're not nonprofit. Maybe They're they not. are on paper. What do they do? That is, they what, make. Millions, millions, millions uh, tens just of millions. the turn of, just the men's basketball tournament alone. In fact, the men's basketball tournament alone, I think, pays eighty percent. I think of their, of their stuff, of their stuff. Yeah. And March what exactly? Madness. What? So my question for that with the NCAA, like what, like what do they hold that college athletes now still need, and schools? What do they do that they still need? I don't know. Can a kid get a job? For more money or something. Remember the old days that you couldn't get a job unless it was during the off season. Uh, there's all kinds of rules the NCAA, be, but that were old. What, I don't know what, what's what out are these. The what rules of these are still useful? Players. Yeah, what, which one of these rules that the NCAA enforces are still useful? Well, to further answer that question on not on public institutions like Oregon State. Oregon State's a public institution, but. There's no kidding around. They need money. Yeah. They need money to pay for the facilities. When there, when there was an arms race or a facilities race, if you will, in the league starting in two, around 2000, I think Oregon started it when they got the uh, practice facility, the first indoor one. Well, I go, we got to have that. Well, we got to have that. And then, and, and, you know, it's got to pay for it. People say, and this is true, that the Fiesta Bowl team and that success Season tickets, sponsorships, all of that, TV money, essentially paid for the the what is we've been still the new, the new side. side, still the new side, yeah, until the other ones built, paid for that. Okay, that's great. Um, then you've got Oregon that's got money from Phil Knight and donors, but it's not a level it, playing field. No, all all the money for these public institutions, quote unquote, public institutions. The the better they do, and the bigger, the more money they make off of. $10 hot dogs and, and, and seats pays for better equipment and better facilities for their teams so they can get better athletes. Mm-hmm. And so they can pay coaches more. 
Well, that's the thing. The coaching salaries, I think, is unsustainable and unrealistic. The bubble will pop up. eventually. Yeah, I think so. We think so. It it just I I think just painting the NCAA and these schools as just a basic nonprofit is it's just a little misleading, I think, yeah. personally. And private schools like Stanford is a whole different story. What what's Stanford Stanford's endowment? Oh, I, everything every every position I believe on the Stanford football team has an endowment. So that there's a scholarship paid for by an outside donor for the left tackle position. Whereas at Oregon State, <laughs> you don't have that. And my question is, so I, I, I don't know the story for sure, but Texas A&M had the number one recruiting class in the country this year. Yeah. And apparently, like, the amount of NIL money pumped into those recruits to get Texas A&M to have uh-huh. the best recruiting class of all time by 24-7 sports was all like donors and alums coming in and spending money. Why couldn't, I know Stanford has these, holds themselves to a very high academic standard. Stanford could do something like that. Oh, yeah, they could. And With they, the amount of, they, they have the amount of money to do it. The it's, question is. It's so the, early, but maybe they will. I don't know. The question is of getting kids into school and if they want to paint themselves that way. Because well, we know how it is in the SEC. Football first, everything else second. Right. If we're talking about student athletes. As you talk about Stanford and you tiptoe around this, you know, high uh, integrity and school, it kind of takes us back to the beginning of this conversation about, quote unquote, student athletes. And maybe Stanford wants to keep it that way, even though they do have money for the students to be there. Um, so, again, the whole purpose is make money, make profit so you can pay for these plane tickets, these hotel rooms, the food, all of the things the recruiting that recruiting budget with, with having sports teams because schools want to have sports teams. So you you try to make a profit as big a profit as you can in these quote unquote nonprofits. You try to make a as big a profit as you can to pay for it all. And then if you make more than it costs, you use the extra to, I don't know, rainy day fund or put it into your facilities so they become nicer yeah. and you can stay competitive. And because um, schools want to be competitive, athletes want to be on winning teams. And uh, then you get into the the next layer of the onion about does a successful football team bring in more students who just want to go to school there? And absolutely, I think so. I think it's your advertisement uh, for your, your school. And I think a lot of people believe that, that you absolutely, if you're a big time sports program, kids, they don't want, like I can, anything about sports. I can make this example. School. Have you seen a commercial for ASU online? No. Say that. I'm again. kind of surprised. A- Arizona state online. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have. Oh, yeah, exactly. Gosh. Yeah. I, I have not even, uh, this is without like, so you, you type something in, into Google nowadays, and then your suggested ads come up of essentially what you just Google trying right. to sell it to you. Right. But without me, you know, before I went to ASU, while I was at ASU, after I've been at ASU, I still see these commercials for ASU online and the amount of marketing they put into that because it obviously can reach all over the country and you can go to school there from wherever you are in the U.S. or even abroad to just take online and they're partnered with Starbucks and et cetera, et cetera. It's it's uh, something like that. I think ASU online has like double or triple the number of online students than they do students on campus. So the Tempe campus, I believe the total number, including online, is about 120,000. Yeah, that's pretty big. I think 40, so 40,000 on Tempe campus. Um, and then there's three other campuses, as I think we've talked about this before, in the Valley. 
and then you have the the online school too, which is very big. Yeah. So it's again, it's it's a lot of mark, it's a lot of marketing, and the texts are texting again, sixty plus NCAA sponsor championships. Yes, that's great that yeah. they pump that money back into those, but still, they I, cost a lot of money. I, I don't think that, and I don't really don't think the NCAA deserves any benefit of the doubt. I don't. No, they're making no, massive amounts. Of no. Money. And again, for for the amount of money they make off that tournament, as I say again, and I know we're talking about arguing student athletes, athlete students, those players who put on that great television product for the tournament see zero sense of that that massive profit they make. Wow, this is interesting. Oh, billion. Look at this. 37.8 billion billion endowments at Stanford, Oregon State, 819.6 million. That's what I, that is what we're talking about. By the way, um That's the, the academic side, the academic side gets a lot of donors. They do. And I know that they'll get a lot of donors who love their sport. So, I I know two different people who have donated lots of money to Oregon State and they did it for the engineering program and uh, some other program, not athletics, but they love their athletics, if that makes any sense. They say, no, no, I want to give it to academics. But they did so because they love Beaver football. Now, that's kind of unusual. Or maybe it's not as unusual as it seems, but I thought that was kind of unusual. Well, why don't you just give it to the athletic program so they can be even better? Nope, I want to give it to the, the science program. Science program, so the, the student-athletes that come in and study in the science program will yeah. benefit from that yeah. instead of, here's a better weight room. Football and baseball has yet to have half the team new transfer guys, basketball does. Baseball is a little e- uh, trickier to track because football and basketball, at least you have recruiting sites like Rivals and 24-7 that have a database of everyone in the transfer portal. Baseball, I think you could look on D1 baseball, but even then, I don't know how they track everyone. Boy, that's an amazing stat, that last uh, texter. I can't, down, I can't get over that. That's a lot. And like I'm saying, they, billion they're, they're, if like Stanford really wanted to go all out into football and pump that money into recruiting and football, they could. Yeah. But they don't. But it, it, again, it's every school's choice of what they want to be known by. And Stanford is a prestigious academic university. Here's an interesting... One of the best, one of the five best in the world. Here's a really interesting text from Mike in Seattle. Mike's been uh, all over it today. National bestseller, The System, The Glory and Scandal of Big Time College Football by Jeff Benedict and Armin Katea. Contain. Uh Wow, good stuff there. I may, I'm going to get that book, Mike. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the suggestion on that one. I remember this book when it came out. I, I've forgotten it since. So thanks for that. Mike also says, when the full ride scholarship becomes a binding commitment until graduation, then the player has a little more compelling reason to stay loved and engaged to the schools. So here's my only problem with that. You sign your letter of intent. You're binded for four years until you graduate. Your coach leaves for another school. Can't it's just don't go to school for the coach. Don't no, not at all. Go, but but there's the, the coach is the one. The is coach gone. is the one recruiting. You I know, there. and and they're like, I want you there. I want to coach you. I, I want to. I want you to send you to the NBA. I said what I said. I'm not taking it back, but I'm going to add a caveat. That was a Pollyanna way of thinking many years ago that mm-hmm. I have held on to, but no longer. Hence the beginning of this conversation of my sadness that student athlete is no longer. And 
At least the way it was once. That's just the way the world is now, or the way that American college sports work now. But it, but it's a Pollyanna way of thinking. (laughs) But I understand that it's not realistic. It's not, it's not true or realistic. All of this is based on. It's been a long argument over the years, over the decades. It's been a long argument. Too much for the athlete. Too little for the athlete. School this that are the athletes would they get ESPN selling out. I. I changed my mind when my kids went through school and I, we I either paid a ton of money or they took on a ton of, of, of debt. And my daughter's dorm was right across the street from this unbelievable facility built only for student athletes to go and rest in and stuff. And I thought yeah, that should be somewhere closer to the athletic venues, not right next to the general population student dorm where they could sure use that. They could use the tutors that are inside. They could use the space, all of the studying stuff in this beautiful building. And as a parent, it, it ticked me off and I'm a sports guy and I'm watching and I'm doing sports and loving college football. But I'm like, what is that? Oh, that's the athlete building. We can't go in there. And I'm like, as a parent for a brief moment that I, I, I was very frustrated with that as a realist sports person for years and broadcaster and in this business as a realist, of course I knew that, but it just hit home when it was my kid mm-hmm. and I'm standing there looking at it. Yeah. I understand the, the day and the work of a division one athlete, I will say is much, much, much different than the day of a normal student. I mean, uh, a, a, Next, next, per, next athlete we get on, John, if we talk to them, just tell us about your day. I remember Jack Coletto talk about, you know, he's up at 5 a.m. Working out yeah. with football yeah. meetings. I mean, football, probably the most preparation. I'll, 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 I'm just going to guess most preparation. But, you know, he's up at 5 a.m. every day you know, in meetings, lifting, working out. Full day of class, more meetings, uh, man, two hours for homework, tutor, and there's really no free time at all. By the way, as you say that, I counter by saying I've got all the respect in the world for the, for the athletes. Yeah. And I don't take anything away from them as students because they are student athletes even in their And brains. they've worked tremendously hard yeah, absolutely. to no, get to that there's, spot. There's no question about that. None. I'm just talking about the money and and the the ease with which we're in the midst of and not having yet figured out how it works mm-hmm. with transferring, opting out, and it's all about me, me, me. So I don't know. A text or text in athletics doesn't have any leverage over the school endowment. Athletics is a small side, uh, small sideline part of the school. Uh, irritated, uh, I believe, Penn St- or Portland or Penn State. It just says PSU. I'm going to guess Portland know. State. Uh, years ago, said athletics is three percent of his budget, but took over ten percent of his time. Hmm. Interesting. So that's curious. Mike in Seattle is uh, been very active today, but now can't take it anymore. He's got to. He's got to call. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Haven't seen you in a while. I know. I know. No, this is a great day. It's uh, actually very cold and pouring down rain, so I have a lot mm. of time to. Uh, to be thinking, and, and it's good we got all the kinks out of the stream. Thank God for that. I, I got a message from Mark in Wyoming about it. I don't have any idea what's going on. I'm sorry that there's been rough times on the stream. Well, it's been working good today, So, and okay, I used to. Okay. But it, 
but it's a breath of fresh air that we have TJ there now. You know, he brings the modern kind of look at things in college athletics and college, uh, yeah. college schools, you know, because he's seen it down at Arizona state. Yeah. And the, and I texted you this morning, great article in Seattle times today about the Jaden Delora. Oh transfer. yes. Yes. I saw that. I hadn't gotten to it yet because we said yesterday that Petros Papadakis said he was forced out. Did that article kind of back that up? Absolutely. Okay. And it's very sad in that, in that he was, um, you know, all year they're great, great saving hope, you know, for for everything that was going on over there. He came to Washington State from Hawaii. He came with Rolovich, and then that all changed. And he took that team a long ways, and he gets to the Apple Cup, and they win. They have a great season. And then in the article it says at halftime he's injured, but that's also when this new quarterback that is transferring in actually tweeted out that he'd got a commitment from Washington State and and was going to be going there next year. And so there's speculation that that he saw that in the locker room at halftime and said, okay, my 10-day contract is over. Wow. I'm moving on. Wow. Just wow. as I predict, all, all those things happen in real life. And, um, and our college athletics are all changing, obviously. Yeah. And... Um, it's a good thing. I was going to go down to L.A. this week, you know, for the basketball games, uh-huh. for the Seahawks game on Sunday over in Phoenix, and then I was going to go to the uh, to the Galen Center, you know, for the game tonight, and then go to Pauly on Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday, and I'm glad I'm not because no. they're not allowing any spectators into the game tonight. No, that no, so, that's been a couple weeks in the making now. So the commitment, you know, to go follow your team and go buy tickets and go do those fun kind of things, it's all been all been blown up, you know, by the situation. So, yeah. Yeah. Frustrating to say the least. And in terms of promotion for the PAC 12 too, as mentioned, like USC last or this week on a Tuesday played in front of nobody as a number five team in the country. It's weird. It's going to be yeah. a weird time. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. So anyway, um, good show. Thanks for everything. Go Beavs. All right. Yeah. There was something I wanted to ask. Mike so he, and I can't remember and I'll remember. And to, he's gone to now. pivot off the PAC 12 really quick. I don't know if you saw this this morning. Us, he mentioned, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, do you know they're building a 17,000-square-foot sports book on the south side of that stadium? Like casino sports book for gambling? Yep. Wow. Yeah. So uh, in Arizona and downtown Phoenix, next to Talking Stick Resort Arena, they have a sports book in there. Is the, is the Glendale area, is that on a reservation? No. No, It uh, sports betting is legal in Arizona. Fully <laughs> legal. So... Uh, they built one next to the Suns, and now they're building one next to the Cardinals. They announced that today. And you, as a Cardinals wow. fan, I thought that you'd find that cool. And I've, I've been to the sports book at Talking Stick when I was down there in December. Uh, it's fabulous. It was a lot smaller, though, than this proposed one yeah. on an NFL Sunday. <laughs> wow. That's going to be fun. Well, there's a mall there, too. So people. Yeah. It's, yeah it's but it's like... good. It's going to be brand new. It's supposed to be ready for the 2022 season. Wow. That's wow. going to be cool. Well, and I, I think that will become more of the norm uh, across. When's that coming to our place? Uh, uh, across all major sports, I think. When eventually every state makes sports gambling legal, which I don't know why, because it's free profit. I think it is everywhere. It's literally free. I just can't remember if it's anywhere or if it's on reservations. I can't remember that. But well, some states have it like you know fully legal, like um, like Arizona. New Jersey, New York now, and then um, others. It's only on reservations. Yeah, but only on reservations. Sports. 
Or if you go up to Washington, I'm sure Mike in Seattle has knows this, but if you go to e, the EQC in Tacoma, there's yeah. a MGM Sportsbook in there, uh, and you can go gamble there. But you can only do it there. There's no mobile yeah. uh, mobile sports. Wow. Betting. All right, we got to get this last break in. We'll come back and wrap it up, get ready for tomorrow and tonight's basketball game as well here on 1240 Joe Radio. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team, and go Beeves. You can depend on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Have you cleaned your dryer vents this year? If not, call Middleton. Their trained technicians will inspect and clean your dryer venting system with the Rotobrush Vent Cleaning Machine. Plus, they can make any needed repairs for optimum efficiency. Clean dryer vents prevent fires, increase drying efficiency, prevent mold, and increase the life of your dryer. Give Middleton a call to schedule today online at middletonheating.net. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. By the way, the voice you just heard was Scott Schuler, 99.9 KRKT. Scott was uh, in the hospital for the better part of three and a half weeks and very, very scary situation. And uh, if I read it correctly, he's gone back home. So that is great, That's great. great news for us here in our family. Uh, less than a minute, I'm going to throw this out to stir the pot, mm-hmm. and then we can talk about it tomorrow. It's not a really a pot-stirring kind of statement, but it's a question. Will we ever see a four-year superstar? No, I don't think so. Not again. And it, it, there, I'm going to throw out a recent example, not superstar, but Bryce Love was one of the best running backs in the country his junior year, makes the decision to come back to Stanford for his senior year, gets hurt, his draft stock plummets, costs yeah. himself millions of dollars, and now he's bouncing around what about on practice basketball? squads. No, definitely not, because there you can go to the NBA whenever you want, and you don't even need to go to college. You can just go to the G League. Or the new leagues that are popping yeah. up we've talked about where they'll pay $20,000 yeah, to $80,000 exactly. for these high school kids. So there it is. Yeah, Great show. Thanks, yeah, TJ. Good. We'll do it again tomorrow. Have a great day. KEJO Corvallis. And translator. K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.